Paisley. Hey everyone, it's me, Jay, and I'm with my girl, Nina. And welcome back to the No Stylist Left Behind podcast. And we just want to thank our sponsors at Oligo Professional, our family. We love them. And Nina, listen, what happened with Oligo? I heard some like huge and exciting news about a new website. Mm, oh my goodness. So Oligo Pro launched their new website. It is beautiful, stunning, so well done. And they have a lot of new options on their website. So they have education. They have, of course, all of the technical education that you need with color. And they also have a spot for business education. So it really is a hub for people who are looking for um, in-depth education. And they also added product. So I want, I want you to talk about that because that is probably like most important for sure. Yes. So add, I do want to preface with, you know, with at all ago, what we've done is allowed people who may be in a a dead spot or like a quiet area for all ago professional, Mm -hmm. um, to just online through allagopro.com, but also we're going to set you up with success with amazing brand managers and distributors along the way as well to make sure that you still have that in-person connection and the turnaround of getting your product. But now if you're in an area and you feel like you don't know where to go or you just want to try a couple products, you can go on oligopro.com and get your products there. But we do hope to find you a distributor for more, you know, in salon support because yeah. who doesn't like that? I loved that when I was a salon owner. It's just having that support, but you can still purchase on Oligo Pro. But I'm super pumped about the education side. Mm-hmm. You know, Oligo Pro, we're really digging deep into delivering the best salon education out there. And with business education, Nina, that you have on there, it's phenomenal. So, everyone, go on after this podcast to oligopro.com and blow it up. Let's yes. make feel all their traffic right now going there. And it's because of the No Style Stuff Behind podcast. Yeah. And I also want to add too, in conjunction with the website, because they're really, listen, the reason why I love Oligo and I know you do too, is because they uh, really care about their stylist and it is yeah. family and everyone has welcomed me with open arms. It has been such an amazing transition and like welcoming phase, if you will. But with that, Oligo has also started a Facebook group. So the Facebook group is called Oligo Pro Fam. Go on Facebook. It is amazing. There's so much information in there and a lot, of course, color information. If you have questions about color, caloric loss, anything that you need, it is so informative. They're doing, you know, we're also doing education in, in the Facebook group. I'm doing business education. We've got speakers coming in. So there's a lot of stuff going on in the group. So make sure you hop on over to the Facebook group, Oligo Pro Fam and join us. So I'm excited about today because (laughs) with the whole like chat about Oligo and family and all of that stuff, I'm just super excited for our guest today. Oh, let's get into it. If you're ready, let's go. Ready. So I have to say, before I do my introduction, I have spent a lot of time with our special guest and we've done classes together. We've sat on the stage together talking about, we've launched Clara Gloss together. It's been amazing. She was a part of my life when I had to do 
a show in um, Mass- no, Rhode Island, and my dad had his open heart surgery. So, like, she was there the whole time with me. She's absolutely amazing. I want to introduce Tammy Vero's. <laughs> I think I said her last name wrong. I'm sorry. The Vero's. Tammy, she is the brand manager for Alica Professional at Mazzello. I think, um, I'm just saying, Mazzello's, they come in hot, honey. Mm -hmm. Well, they have amazing brand managers. She is a brand manager, a stylist of 14 years. And Tammy, I am so sorry that I butchered your last name. And I love you so much. And welcome (laughs) to the No Stylist Left Behind podcast. Thank you. Um, I'm so overwhelmed and blessed to be with the both of you right now and sharing my story and how I've started with the industry and everything. So I can't wait to answer your questions and hopefully inspire that stylist that feels that they need just a little bit of push on, um, you know, trying to better themselves. So I've been in the industry for 14 years. I graduated from a high school with a vocational program. So I saved a lot of money that way. So my blessing has started right from 2006. Um, I've loved doing hair ever since I was little. I was coloring my mom's hair in the third grade, cutting cutting my <laughs> own hair and everything. Um, so the hair industry or just the beauty industry in itself was always something that was always knocking at my door. And I just wanted to dive into education mostly. Um, I feel like it's, I'm, you know, I'm super passionate about educating. I want everyone to know what, what I know. And especially with Oliver Professional being a family of mine and also with Miscellus on Services, I feel like I have two families that are backing me up. And I feel like that's going to be like a, a trigger word today of family. Yeah. Um, because if you have that support system, um, you can go far. So it's amazing. Wow. I love it. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. You are, have always been so supportive of me. You always show up on Instagram for me and I love mm-hmm. it. So I feel like I already know you. We've already chatted on Zoom um, with the Oligo fam as well. And so I know that you have served in different facets in different areas of the industry. Obviously, you know, starting out as a hairstylist, you are still a stylist behind the chair, Mm -hmm. but more so focused now working with Macello. If you, and and here's the thing. So the topic of our conversation today is really going to be about change. And I love that you've moved through different areas of the industry, but we also know that change is so scary for all of us. Definitely. Right. I always make jokes and say like, I love change. I love change. Like I'm all about change. And then when I have to do like this big change, I'm like, shit, maybe I really don't like change as much as I want to. So can you just kind of walk us through a little bit about like when you started, cause you were a commission stylist, like kind of walk us through that a little bit onto how you ended up to where you are doing what you're doing with Micello. Awesome. Okay. So I graduated high school at 17 years old. So what 17 year old knows what their life is going to be? <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> so I started off in a chain type of salon setting where they had multiple of the salons and I just never felt that I was at home. I've always wanted to find my home. And I think everyone refers to a home, whether it be your personal life, um, your business life. We just want to have that home. We want to have someone or people to help, you know, embrace one another and raise each other up, especially like being women in the industry or being women in general, we need that 
that support group to make us better than who we truly are because we're always uplifting everyone and we never have that for ourselves. Mm. So I started from there. I moved on to a couple of other salons where I was still commission based. And there was just one salon that I was like, okay, this may be home for me. The, you know, decor spoke to me. Um, the girls had spoken to me. And when I first started going to the salon, I was actually a client getting blow dries and everything. I kind of wanted to feel for how the environment was. And from then on, I loved it, was there. And then just things slowly started to change. Um, I know with growth, we all have growth within ourselves, our personal lives and everything. So I think myself and the salon owner were going through a major growth with one another and with ourselves internally. So I think it was two growth patterns just clashing. Mm-hmm. And um, I woke up one morning and I just felt that it just wasn't for me anymore. You know, I would travel to work. I'd be upset. I would come home and be upset. It was affecting my personal life to the point where it was starting to get me to kind of reflect how I felt on just family members of myself and feeling, okay, I'm not good enough. I wasn't good enough here. I'm not good enough at home. Granted, everyone kept telling me, you're great. You're great. You're this, you're that. It just, if you don't feel it yourself, you're not going to actually truly believe it. So I ended up leaving the industry and I said, you know, I'm just going to focus on raising my children. I had picked up a little side job and then I received a special visit from the owner of Mazzello Salon Services who had learned about me being, you know, a high retail, um, you know, stylist selling a lot of products, you know, up, upselling my services and everything and said, Hey, how would you like to work for me? And I said to myself, you know, I would love to do education. Sales is my jam. Yes. Sales is everything at the end of the day, you know, money makes the world go round, but education is my passion. And he had asked me, who do you want to educate for? And I mentioned Oligo professional (laughs) and he went back and said, who? <laughs> and from then on, you know, I like to give myself a pat on the back, but I did help put Oligo Professional on the map, especially with the Northeast Coast. Um, I was with the, so, um, the owner's grandson on the road, just doing what we had to do. And then I had this one task of having the top DSC selling Oligo Professional. And if I made her sell it, <laughs> I was in. And guess what? I was in like Flynn and here I am now. Brand manager yeah. almost. Almost five years later, and I, you know, I haven't spoken to that salon owner since I had left, and granted, we didn't end on great terms, but I will forever, like, forever thank her Mm -hmm. for putting me through what I went through, and vice versa, I'm sure, Um, especially when you're being coached. I feel coaching is a major thing that people go through, but you either have to be accepting of it, and if you're not accepting of it, then there's just no point of trying to be coached. Um, but there's also the other end when you are coaching someone, you kind of have to soften the blow a little bit. If you're trying to criticize someone or trying to, you know, make changes because again, people are not well with change. Mm -hmm. You know, we have clients that come in our chair and they're like, I want to just chop my hair off. I broke up with so-and-so and I'm moving on and I want a new hair, new, new everything. And, you know, mentally there's somewhat there, physically there's somewhat there, but truly deep down inside, if they don't find the root of what is making them want to change, they're never going to want to change. And when that change happens, they're very scared and they're very standoffish. So like I said, I woke up one morning and I said, this is just not for me. And and that's when I had to continue my journey. You know, granted, my income wasn't great, but I kept pushing. I had two little ones. One thing I want to say really is that. Is Jay. 
One thing I want to say um, really quick is that I have been in the room with you as an educator, you know, with Marcelo representing Oligo, being the brand manager. And I'm telling you, you are gifted. They hang on every word with like every word you say, the way that you describe things, the way that, you know, your vocabulary comes out like there is a magic within you so i'm super proud that you fought your way through you know that change um to really get to where you are now because you're living in the space that is made for you like you are phenomenal in that space so i just need to give you a little shout out on that <laughs> thank you i appreciate it again i want to be someone that people look up to um, you know, personal life, business life. I try to inspire as many people as I can, you know, with like social media and, you know, I love, I try to build my social media, but for me, it's like not all about uh, followers <laughs> and everything. So I like having that gen genuine like connection with everyone. Mm. Yeah. Well, listen, and we need that more than ever right now. People are screaming for genuine connection. Like Christina and I from Oligo were texting the other day and I was like, I just want to see you. And she's like, I wish I could hug you. Like, I want to come and <laughs> see you guys and go, you know, back to Canada and really spend time or just get back out on the road just to see stylists and owners face to face. Like, I think everybody is really feeling that right now that we need that yeah. connection. Yeah. So, um, and you just have a great bubbly personality. So <laughs> I can imagine when you get into the salon, you are ready and you bring it. So in this theme of change, because I know there are so many salon owners and also hairstylists that they may not like what is going on either in their business or they may not like where they're at in terms of their uh, career or what, what have you, right? Maybe stylists want to open up a salon. Maybe a salon owner wants to open up a second or a third salon or a stylist is thinking about going out on their own and renting a suite. A lot of times, we have this four letter word. It starts with an F and no, it's not that one. Cause Jay, I know where you're thinking <laughs> <laughs> that four letter word fear that gets in our way. And I say our way because it happens to all of us. So yep. with you making that change, cause I love how you said that you woke up one day and you said, this is not right for me, but it seemed like you went through like a a self-assessment process like within yourself mm -hmm. so can you tell us so this is kind of like a twofold question what can anyone listening today that is thinking that they need to make some action in terms of change what are some things that they can do to maybe take the first step and moving forward towards that new thing that they're excited but yet fearful about and then on the flip side of that in terms of fear, like how, or maybe you have tips, like how do they kind of move through that? What made you move through that? Cause that's a big move, like mm -hmm. moving from your salon home and being comfortable and then going out and then leaving the industry. Like you really did the damn thing. So two part questions. So what can they do to self-assess? And then, um, what in terms of action, like what kind of steps can they take to kind of move through that fear? Okay, so the first thing I did was, especially because it was taking over like my personal life, I actually consulted with a therapist mm -hmm. and I dove into like what is truly making me upset, what is making me happy and all of that. And they literally just said, make a pros and cons list. Mm -hmm. Is this one truly worth you going through the struggle, through the heartache, through 
the struggles and everything, is it truly worth it? And on my pros and cons list and you know, the cons outweigh the pros Mm -hmm. and you know, not everyone has children, but when I looked to my children, I always said, how would they view me as a person? How could I relate this to them if they were actually going through the same thing? Mm, And I said to myself, I don't want my children to see my mom's always upset. My mom's not happy. My mom, you know, she loves what she does, but she's coming home upset and angry and all of these things. Cause I'm a person, I wear my heart on my sleeve. You know what I'm feeling. And I will tell you too, but you can always tell right when you read it from me, you know where I'm at mentally and everything. And it's, it's a good thing and it's a bad thing at the same time. Um, but my children have been the utmost, even though they're only 12 and six, they've been my best support system that I've mm. ever had in my life. So again, consulting with a therapist and they started to lead into more like a medication type of thing. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I try to take like the natural way of everything. We're not doing this. So once I was presented with that, I said, no, this is not for me. So I feel waking up, I said, what do I want to be today? Do I want to be happy or do I want to get dressed and be fake? <laughs> Literally. And wow. said to myself, yeah. well, I want to be happy. And maybe I might've jumped a gun a little bit and just said, all right, I'm leaving the industry completely. Cause I felt how, how I felt in the salon. I felt like maybe that was like an overview of how the industry was. Cause it is a dog eat dog world out there, mm-hmm. but not everyone's the same. So I kind of took my experience and just wrapped it around this whole you know, the whole industry and said, well, everyone's going to treat me this way. And then I was just done being the victim. And I said, she's going through personal things. I'm going through personal things. And then just our orbits were just crashing. And I said, guess what? This is not my home anymore. It's like when you're living in an apartment and the apartment's just, you, you outgrow it. Mm-hmm. It's time to move. Yeah. yeah. And I initially wanted to do education. And I mentioned it to her and she had said to me, focus on your book, focus on your book. And I said, okay, I understand I have, I will have clients and everything, but education is my jam. So I felt like you have to be on the same wavelength and pages with people who truly support you in what you do. And it's just like having single friends and married friends. When you're with single friends, you have the great, uh, like great times and always want to do crazy things. But when you're around married couples, your mindset starts to change. Like your mind is easily manipulated, but it's easy to be controlled also. So like I said, I woke up and I said, you know what? I'm just can't do this anymore. And I totally forgot what the second part of the question was. (laughs) I got you. I know it was a long two part question. So the second part of that is if someone stylist owner, suite owner, renter, you know, anyone listening who's thinking like, I need to make change. I need to make a change for myself, for my business, whatever it is. What are some steps that they can take? How do they kind of move through and beyond that fear? Because it can be debilitating at times. I mean, fear is paralyzing. Fear is what keeps us stuck. And so if you're listening and you are feeling like you need some change, and maybe it's a small change. Listen, sometimes we don't need to go all the way left, right? It could be just a small little change. What are some tips and steps that you have that they can take to really, you know, progress forward? Uh, for me, I feel they need to like assess what they're trying to do. If they are trying to open up a suite or if they're trying to downsize their business or make it much larger, I feel like you need to get down to the nitty gritty on why you're trying to do this. Are you outgrowing your space or are you outgrowing just the people around you? Or are you trying to embrace more people to be under your umbrella? And again, that must be, that has to be like a three part answer because if you're looking to go elsewhere, then you have outgrown your space. Like you can only grow how big is your space. And I feel like the larger the space that you go to, the more you can grow. Um, anyone who's looking to downsize, maybe they're going through some personal things that they, you know, 
everything's just taking over and they just kind of want to bite off a little bit more. I mean, bite off a little bit less than they're chewing right now. Um, I think for me, I always tell everyone it will get better. That's my biggest thing. It will get better. Even though we're going through a major pandemic and things have changed. Like I moved during a pandemic. I'm no longer a homeowner. I owned a home for two years. It was the best thing I thought I could ever do. Um, I, set up, you know, goals for myself, but they weren't realistic. And I feel like the goals that you need to set up for yourselves, yes, everyone wants a home. They want the white picket fence. They want the dog. They want the children. But you deep down inside need to know what actually truly makes you happy. I made goals, crush them beyond expectations, but it left me sad. Mm, yeah. It's sad. And I don't want to cry, but it left me sad. Aww. Why is that? Why do you, I just want to talk about this for a second because yeah. I can relate to you in ways that you don't even understand because I think we look for things to fill a void or to make us feel complete, right? Exactly. So yeah. me, why do you feel, because I think this has to do with self-assessment, right? Mm -hmm. There's going to be a point in time where those things no longer make you happy because happiness doesn't come from things. It comes from nope. within. And I mm -hmm. lived in that space and I feel you. So can you talk about that a little bit? Like you had the house, you had, you know, your, yeah. your children, you did all of the things, you crushed your goals. What do you think was making you feel unhappy? And then I want to mm -hmm. talk about you moving out of that home <laughs> and doing what you needed to do for yourself and your family, because there are mm -hmm. a lot of people who are living in that space. And yes. sometimes guys change doesn't always mean that you're upgrading. Sometimes nope. the change <laughs> means that you need to downsize and that is okay. So yes. tell us a little bit about that. Um, okay. So 32 years old, I had my first child. I was 20. And then I, my daughter, six years old. So I was 26 when I had her and becoming a homeowner when I received this position and when I worked hard for this position, it was always, wow, you're making great money. You're doing this. You're doing that. You're traveling to seven States, like being put up on a pedestal, which is truly amazing, a feeling to have, but it felt like I'm on this pedestal. I just got to keep showing them that I deserve this pedestal, that their, their expectations that people had of me weren't the same that I had for myself. And wow. you know, you're making great money. You know, you should buy a home. You should, you know, a dog would protect your home, you know, someone to come home to and everything. I was in almost an eight year relationship with my daughter's father. And it was just the constant need to buy a home, need to buy a home. Granted, I lived in a two bedroom apartment. It wasn't ideal. You know, my son had to share a room with his sister and everything. I could easily move to another apartment, but then you get that. Why do you want to pay someone else's mortgage and all of those things? But again, I didn't want the full blown responsibilities of having taxes, insurance, and all of that stuff. Moved to this gorgeous four bedroom home, 2,200 square feet was in, it's in the best part of the city. It's called the Highlands. And I still currently do live in the Highlands too, but, um, it was always that, perception of me like she makes great money she has her own home she's she's got it she's good and and deep down inside I'm like no I don't got it I'm not good and it was just the pressure and I granted I made a certain amount of money for Marcella we had monthly goals I would keep crushing and loved having that you know that you know my family behind me cheering me on cheering me on but then sometimes like I was in this party for so long and just the party had to end and the party ended and I was actually happy for everyone to go home. That's how I felt deep down inside. Yeah. So, I, go ahead. Wow. No, I'm just like, <laughs> I feel like a lot of us 
can relate to that. And I feel, and I know that pain of everything's fine. Everything's fine. I'm so successful in my own right. Like I'm fine. And you want to stop because everything else around you, like internally is not mm-hmm. fine. Like you can't push anymore. You no. can't push another smile because there's things deep rooted that are now popping up. And me and Nina have talked about this before, you know, with all of my success and I can relate with you. It's like, but I, I still live in a place of broke. Like I still go back to a abandonment. I still go back to everyone's going to leave me. I still go back, right? Working that. And then allowing yourself to pause because I think all three of us right here, well, don't stop, get it, get it. And I preach, don't stop, get it, get it. But yeah. then also you have to know when to stop. Exactly. Stop yeah. the flow. And balance is, it has been always a thing for me. And it's still a constant thing for me. And I feel like 90% of the world can agree that balance is super important, but it's super hard to achieve and right. to master. And I don't think anyone has ever mastered balance ever. <laughs> no. Um, nope. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I think it's, I think, on my tombstone, I'm going to say she never had balance. Because <laughs> I never do. I mean, my like I said, my children are my utmost, the, the, my best support. And then going through, like, the whole advancement thing, um, I feel like we can relate. You know, I woke uh, I not woke. <laughs> I was raised in a broken home. And now my children are going through the same thing, too. And I never wish that for them. But to hear their feedback to me, to see their attitudes have changed because I'm so much happier. Yes. I'm in an apartment. I live upstairs from my dad. I'm 32. Who cares? You know, I'll eventually have a home again one day. Yes. If care. you want. <laughs> you know, if and it's just. A- Go ahead. Like I was a homeowner and I sold it and I live in a condo. <laughs> like I don't want to own a home again. No. Like no. I'm successful. Exactly. Home, get a home. I hear you. And then just being the support for everyone else when oh, you yeah. need the support yourself. Like I see so many memes and a lot of messages like, you know, you can be so strong for everyone else, but then the moment you're not strong for anyone, it's like, what's wrong with her? What did she do? What's going on? Like they always want to find the negatives of what is happening, but they need to like, re- like realize that I've only have so much strength to give everyone. And then when I truly need the strength, it's like, where is everyone for that? But I had to be that person. So instead of me being strong for 17 family members, I'm taking 15 of that like percentage back and I'm giving it to myself. Mm. And I'm oh, the happiest now I've ever been. Good for you. I love that. And you're making me feel, mm, I'm so inspired right now because this is the thing. And I'm so glad that you're talking about this and being vulnerable because here's the thing. Society puts this pressure on us where we have to have kids. My husband and I, we've been married for nine years. We don't have yeah. children. That's our choice. But it's yeah. always, not now, but it, it has been, when are you going to have kids? Are you going to have kids? Why aren't you going to have kids? Oh my God, you're not going to have kids? Like, that's one society that puts the pressure, right? Then it's like, okay, you have to own a home. Now you got to own a home. We did the same thing. We purchased a home when we got married and then we were like, no, we want to live in the city. So we're going to move downtown and we rented an apartment for two yeah. years before we moved to Connecticut. And we do things differently. And I think we have to understand that we don't have to live by everybody else's rules. Just like being a salon owner, 
become a salon owner if that's your ultimate dream and goal. Don't become a salon owner because you feel like you have to because it's the next step. There are so many other things that you can do, you know, as yes. opposed to being a salon owner. I think that we all feel pressure. And we all feel pressure to show up. We all feel pressure to deliver. We also, you know, we feel pressure in ways that we let it get the best of us. I've been there too. And like you, you, you went and got the home and you did all these things and it still wasn't fulfilling you. So I'm glad that you're sharing this because there are so many people right now who are struggling and they're struggling with whether they should sell their home because maybe they can't afford it. They're struggling whether they should downsize their salon because their revenue is not what it used to be. And I just want you guys to know that whatever you have to do is okay. It is okay. You have to live your own life. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. And so I'm all fired up. I know you have questions. <laughs> area, my biggest thing for me is like, it's not going to matter five years from now or 10 years from now that you were a salon, a salon owner or a homeowner. It's not going to matter because there, no one's benefiting from that but you. And if that is something that you truly want to do, like if you wake up, eat, breathe, sleep, a salon owner mentality or a homeowner mentality, do it for you, not for anyone else. Your children are not going to care that there's a backyard or this or that. If you make the time with them valuable, they're going to remember those things. They're not going to remember material things. Like granted, I share custody with children, but when they come home, it's like, I try to do the best that I can and take them to go do something. It's just, just not like, Oh, I was just home playing video games or I have, you know, the latest and greatest of the new game that's coming out. It's no, we went to the beach every day this summer. It was my first summer off in four and a half years. Cause wow. I've always traveled Monday through Thursday. And I had put, made a post on Instagram in um, a couple months ago. And it said, it took me six months to make this post because I just didn't know how to come about it. I didn't want yeah. to be vulnerable, but I did because I want people to know that there's someone out there just like them that are going through this. And I have a couple of friends that are going through breakups and selling homes and everything. And they look up to me and it's like, I'm not the perfect person to look up to by no means. I may, I have my faults. I make my mistakes. I'm crazy sometimes. Um, but I get where they're, they're coming to me for the strength because they knew I had it. And I said, it takes a while, but when you know, you know. I love that. And I, I want to pivot just a little bit because we like to do that here at No Sales Left Behind. <laughs> you have built a lot of credibility in your, your life and in your career. And you get to spend time now with salon owners and stylists. You're in the doors. I think that's where the magic happens. Um, it's like you're inside the room, right? So if a new stylist is listening, what characteristics should they look for in a salon? And what is like your three most important tips to those new babies coming into the industry? Okay. Never give up is <laughs> number one. Never give up. Um, I think during your interview, I think even though they're interviewing you, you need to interview them. And I yeah. feel like you should ask a salon owner if they could have any power in the world, what would it be? Ooh. Okay. Okay. Because if that, if they choose certain superpowers and I don't want to really give them off right now because we can have some people like, Oh, I want to do this and do that. Um, I think the strongest one for me is if they either can be a mind reader or if they can control minds. Okay. 
Because mm-hmm. if they could be a mind reader, that means they're sympathetic to you. They, if they could read your mind, they want to be able to help you. They want to know that you're not okay and help you. Or if they know that you're okay to kind of like back off, you know, you're yeah. doing anything. Yeah. Now, if someone was like, I want to control minds, then you know that that's not the space for you. Yeah, yeah. Right. If they're looking, stylist is looking for more of like an a sympathetic, empathetic person that's going to nurture them and really exactly. care for them. Then mm-hmm. you know they want to look at that that whole like superpower thing. That makes sense because that's yeah, that's a very interesting way to look at it. Definitely, and I feel like even just being a fly on the wall, you know, going there to get some services and just see how everyone is treated there. Um, Because I've walked into many salons, I've done hundreds and thousands of classes, and I can walk out and say, they're going to make it or not. You know that when there's that specific person in the room that brings everyone down, you know, there's that one specific, specific person in the room that like, livens everybody, like, all right, we're having a class. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. A Monday is never a Monday for me. And that's the biggest thing. If someone says, oh, it's Monday tomorrow, then this is not the industry for you. Because Monday is your day to recharge. It's day to, it's your day to educate yourself. It's your day to go pick up your supplies. But I feel like anyone who treats a Monday as a Monday should not be in this industry. That's how I feel. Great, Chani. <laughs> Whew. Wow. So if you, like, if someone is looking, if a stylist is looking for a salon home, because you had mentioned maybe asking some questions too, because I think that's Mm -hmm. really important. I think the first interview for a salon owner, and I coach to this, is that you shouldn't really be talking as a salon owner. You should be allowing them to talk, the person that you're interviewing, because you want to learn about them. Do you have any specific, specific questions other than the superhero one that maybe new stylists can ask to maybe gather some more information on if it's the right fit for them. So it could be like, you know, how much do you spend on, how much time do you spend on education? How often are you doing it? Like, do you have questions like that that can maybe help them just, you know, discover if they're a good fit? Um, Well, I don't, it varies by state to state, but there's some states that mandate a certain amount of hours for education. Um, I would find out, you know, if they keep up on education, um, what type of education do they offer? If it's something that, um, the salon can create like a, you know, plan with you where you can pay weekly to do one of those things. I've been in a salon where if we, we could take all the classes that we wanted and she kind of like upfront half the price. And then we would just pay her weekly out of our mm-hmm. check. So we wouldn't have spent all the money all up, uh, up front at once. Um, definitely about the education, what support that the company that they're using for hair color and everything gives to them, because you want that support to trickle down for everyone. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I feel like if you, you will just know if it's your fit. Mm-hmm. I think you can ask all the questions in the world. You could sit there for hours and just talk. But I feel like if you connect with one another, I think that's when you have that genuine type of connection with everyone. I mean, I could sit here and say, okay, what's your special like power? What do you, what would you like to do? Okay. Do you have education and things like that? If I feel like if the vibe's not there, I'm all about vibes. Yes. If the vibe's not there, it's just not there. You can't force it. Yes. And listen to it. Listen yes. to yourself. When you spend time in a salon, um, and also for my owners, listen to yourself because you're going to get a vibe from them too. Either you're going to be a fit for each other or you're not. But I feel a lot of times we put our rose colored glasses on because we're just, we need uh, to find someone. That's why I always encourage salon owners to look for styles 365 days a year. So you're not hiring out of duress. But I think that it's the same for stylists too. Like listen to your gut. Listen to how you feel when you walk in. Does it make you feel happy? Does it feel like it's your vibe? Like listen to your gut. That is the biggest thing. I love that. Yeah. And if you can be an asset to the team, 
yeah. and not a liability. Yeah, Definitely. absolutely. Love I love it. <laughs> Guess what time it is? Oh, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Do I get a little buzzer? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love so, it. What time is it, Neen? It is time for rapid fire questions with Tammy. I'm so excited because Jay, you're gonna be doing the questions. I'm gonna set the oh. time. Oh, it's on. So here's the rules, Tammy, okay? Just to let everyone know listening, you do not know what I'm about to ask you, correct? Correct. Okay, and then Nina's <laughs> gonna have a one minute timer. We're gonna get through it, and then Nina will jump in whenever I'm like this, so whenever I run out of questions, because who knows, you might be really good at it, I might run out. So let us know when you're ready. Okay, you're ready. I'm ready. All right, let's go. Countdown. Three, two, one, go. Giraffe or koala? Koala. Koala. Favorite color? Olive green. Favorite food? Potatoes. Rap. <laughs> <laughs> country rap hollywood hog pass who would you want to be hollywood. with hill wait what was the first one hollywood hog pass oh i don't know what that is <gasps> hollywood. Your hollywood like who's your crush. who's your crush oh who's my hollywood hall pass oh my god post malone all day <laughs> <laughs> i love post malone look at this real quick Stop! I love it. Love him. Oh, I love him. It's rapid fire. Hello. Oh, me? Okay. Hi. You were stranded on a desert island or a desert island. Wait, is that even a thing? If you were yeah. stranded on a remote island, what thing would you take? My phone. Boom. <laughs> Sorry, I love my kids, but I need my phone. Because <laughs> I can like, call them. That was so much fun. I'm sorry that I paused for a second. <laughs> You guys were all into the post Malone. So she even uh, her daughter. I, I was like, "Stop!" I love. I him. love him. I actually busted my shin at his concert. Wow. Because oh I thought in my you know wild imagination that he was like so close to me. So I started just <laughs> climbing down the seats at the TD Bank um, Arena, and they had brand new seats, so like screws and everywhere missing and busted my shin didn't even know until i started to pay for parking i looked down and my shin was completely busted open oh my god yeah you bled that man i did blood sweat and tears <laughs> <laughs> i love it i just want to say tammy i just am so happy you were on the no cell slept behind podcast and i love you know when we speak truth and our truth authentically. I think, I just want to thank you so much for being vulnerable with us and you slay my life and I can't wait to hug you again. Same. Best hugs. Thank you, thank you. I know. You're so sweet, Tammy. I swear you're like, if I could put you in my pocket, I would. I swear. It's I hot. Love like she's so cute, right? I just want to like, cause you have such <laughs> a fire energy and so it's so upbeat and it's so like contagious. So I'm so glad that you were also be, you know, able to bring that and share your vulnerability with everybody today. So why don't you tell everyone listening where they can find you on Instagram? Yep. It's brand Tammy manager. Perfect. So make sure you guys hop on over, follow her page. You know that she's building and growing her Instagram cause she talked about it. So show her some love and follow her page 
also thank you, Tammy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts for sharing your story with us today. And I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, of course. So make sure you follow our amazing sponsor at OligoPro. Follow them on Instagram. Check out their new website. Also follow my best guy at it's Mr. J Ladner and myself at Nina Tulio. And if you learn anything from listening to us today, please know that it is okay to live in your truth and remember to always live your life out loud. See you next time. Bye.